Hey, what's up? This week, Jessica Rose Clark, UFC bantamweight on the show, joining us back from her ACL surgery, fresh off of a win. We're going to find out what she'd be doing if she wasn't an MMA fighter, how, if any, sexism has played a role in her space, and why it's so important that you get on top of that social media marketing. Check it out. First thing I just want to say is thanks for taking time and uh, happy belated birthday. Thank you. I appreciate being here. And I spent my birthday driving back from LA to Northern California. And I literally spent the whole day in the car. So birthday weekend was cool. What did you do for your birthday weekend? Uh, I went to, I I was in San Diego on Friday night. um, And I was with Hans from Monster and then Chris Cole, the skateboarder. We just went and had dinner, and then Saturday I went to LA, and I went to my friend Jonathan Sadowski's. Uh, his birthday was a few days be- before mine, so he had a big party, and we were doing like a joint birthday party, but it was all his friends, so I was just kind of there, and I got a cake. So that was pretty cool. But I met the world's leading Barack Obama impersonator, and I met um, Chris Williams from the movie Dodgeball, and apparently he's a magician, so he did a bunch of like card magic for us, so it ended up being a pretty cool night. That's, how was the the world's most infamous Barack Obama impersonator happened to be there? Was it just random happenstance? <laughs> no, I don't know. It was such a thing. Jonathan, do you know Jonathan? Uh, I don't think I know Jonathan. Uh, he he uh, so he he's an actor. He's in a he's in a few. He was in that movie. She's all that with uh, Amanda Bynes, but he he played like the cool kid. And he had frosted tips and everything. But he's also in that show Sex Life that's on Netflix right now, which I haven't watched. Um, but it's not really my style. But anyway, that's who he is. So he's an actor, but he also does jujitsu. But apparently, he's also like a super famous magician. So it was just a, it was a very odd mix of people there. Like there were there were actors, there were singers. The the guitarist from The Voice was there. World's leading Barack Obama impersonator was there. Naturally, he um, has to be there. And then, yeah, obviously, like why wouldn't he be? Um, and then there was like another UFC fighter, like a few jujitsu people. It was, yeah, it was such a weird mix of people, but it was really cool. You know, I, I, it's not very often I get to be around a group of people that aren't just MMA fighters. It was nice. Yeah. Well, your, your social media is extremely active. And I mean, you can see that, you know, you're, you're constantly posting pics and videos and plug in sponsors and stuff. You have an eclectic group of friends that, like you said, are very MMA core centric, like out of all the things that now, do you prefer Jessica, Jess, Jesse? You have 33 nicknames. What's what's the most efficient way to address you? <laughs> I, I absolutely detest being called Jess. I hate being called Jess. Um, Jesse is good. Jessica is good. Jessica Rose is good. That's right. pretty much it. Sean, right. Sean O'Malley, for some reason, calls me Jess Jess, and I don't know why. And then because he calls me Jess Jess and I posted a video of it, now now a bunch of my friends from Alpha Male call me Jess Jess because they know how much I hate being called Jess. So it's like a fun a fun little joke that everyone but me enjoys. All right, so Jesse, it is. I might have to Jessie's switch it up cool. to Jessica because Jesse is so dangerously close to Jess that I might fuck that up. So, okay, Jess. Jesse, we'll go with. We'll go with Jesse. Jesse, out of all the things you could have done, what made you decide that you wanted to get into MMA? Because it's a fucking weird career path, right? Yeah, right. It's a, it, honestly, it's, it's a stupid career path. Um, but <laughs> I I was powerlifting uh, 
years ago and I was about to compete in my first powerlifting meet. The guy I was dating at the time was a kickboxer, was a kickboxer. He'd had like two amateur fights, kickboxer. Okay. He'd had two amateur fights. Um, and yeah, I was, I was getting ready to compete in a powerlifting meet and I had to drop a little bit of weight for it. And so he was like, oh, why don't you come to kickboxing? It's good cardio because I hate running. And I just, I went and I didn't lift a weight, I think for like five years. Like that was it. My very first kickboxing class when I got to like hit something and kick something and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm sold. Wow. And then obviously, well, for, for me, uh, MMA just seemed like the natural progression, you know, like I loved kickboxing, but I was kickboxing at an MMA gym. So I was kind of being pushed into the MMA realm. And then once I felt like, once I felt, uh, how so what i'm fulfilling it was to put my hands on someone and like mm, satisfy force them yes. yeah force them to move where i want them to move that was yeah i was done that was me done for <laughs> so you know when you first got into mma your first fight your first profile was i think 2012 right yeah so yeah i'd fought kickboxing before that as well but first pro mma was 2012 first pro mma you know, growing up, and I was uh, I was born in 1980. I had my first fight in 1998 back in the day. So, like, the guys that I looked up to were, like, the Randy Couture's and stuff. There weren't a lot of female athletes in the MMA space to really look up to and to kind of model your career after or to change that trajectory. Who are some of the people that you kind of looked at when you were first getting started, if anybody, and you're like, ah, that's, that's interesting. Maybe I can do what she's doing. Uh, the only female that I ever watched was Megumi Fuji. I thought she was amazing i still think she's amazing she i about is. died when i met when i got to meet her a few years ago um but actually the the thing that got me into competitive mma the person that got me into competitive mma was frankie edgar he i remember watching him fight i can't remember who it was it might have been one of the gray maynard fights and i was like dog like that's just the most incredible thing i've ever seen you know um because i didn't really know what mma was Ooh, all the lights just went out i didn't really know what MMA was before then I like I was training it but I'd never watched the UFC I'd never watched anyone but my teammates fight it um and then I think the first the first card I ever watched was where was the first Chelson and Anderson Silver fight and then the first fight I ever really paid attention to was Frankie and like I was so fixated on him and his style and how just amazingly he fought I don't even remember who he fought. Like I literally didn't even see the other person. <laughs> yeah. Frank, you just had some amazing fights and you mentioned the Frank, the, uh, the Maynard fight, you know? So when you watched that fight, you were already doing kickboxing. You decided that, Hey, this, this looks like a sport I want to try. What was your next step? Well, I was already kind of doing it. Like, I think, uh, I actually think I'd already fought MMA at that stage, but I hadn't watched it, you know? Um, I like, I started fighting MMA before I ever did any jujitsu as well. Like I was just, I, I moved, I was in Townsville when I first started fighting kickboxing and then I moved to Sydney and went to um, what is still my home gym, Igor MMA. I still consider that as, as my base when I go back to Australia. And I had, I had my first MMA fight and I weirdly won by wrestling and uh, had never wrestled. And then so after that, my coach was like, oh, you should probably learn how to do this properly since you're naturally really good at it, you know? Um, and then it just kind of like snowballed from there. And I moved, I, I'm a gypsy. So I moved all over the place. I was like there for a year. Then I moved away for two years Then I came back for a year. Then I moved to the U S and it was just, it's been like a never ending, um, road trip, baby. <laughs> it's funny. Cause as I was uh, doing research for the episode, 
I had realized that I was actually at one of your fights in before you were in the UFC down here in Florida when you fought Karina Dam. I was there because uh, oh, on Titan, yeah, the really, Titan that's FC. cool. I was cage side there. Yeah, I was right where they were watching the fight. I was like, oh, that's right, that's that's who I was there because I honestly I'm uh, friends with Karina and her and her husband Luis Santos. Yeah, and uh, I was just there to support in the local MMA scene, and I was like, that's funny that that was uh you you got the split decision you beat her by there. That's a that's a great win. Yeah. She's really tough too. Yeah, 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 no, she was. I remember she was the first person to ever calf kick me, and I felt that for like a month afterwards. I remember feeling it in the fight, going, What the fuck? Really? Like, why did she kick me in the calf? Because I'd never, that was kind of before calf kicks were a thing. I'd never trained it, I'd never been hit there. I like it hadn't really been, it wasn't being done in the UFC yet. And she kicked me in the calf, and I was like, What the fuck is this? Because <laughs> usually when I get kicked in the leg, like I don't feel it, but that felt like someone hit me with a baseball bat. Yeah. yeah, the calf kicks are brutal. Nobody was really practicing calf kicks back uh, back in the day. But, you know, it's funny that you say you felt it in the fight because I'd probably say that, like, the worst I've ever felt was after I fought Tiago Alves back in the day. And like afterwards yeah. I was just so lucky. You. Yeah. And my, you know, my strategy was I'm going to stand up with this guy. This is going to be fun. I'm gonna, I got to, yeah, I thought I was Vitor Belfort. Like I'm running across the cage and just throwing punches, but you know, it, it, it wasn't as bad as it sounded. Um, but afterwards I was just, cause he like landed with a bunch of like shots and I didn't feel anything in the fight afterwards like for the next week i was just so uh that's what i don't miss is that the the, the swelling and yeah. the soreness and the black eyes and the fractured ribs and you're like oh he hit me there too son of a bitch yeah. like, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like after, even after this last one like it's been five weeks and i kicked the bag and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with uh, my shit like <laughs> speaking uh, of legs how's that. your knee is it, it looks like i mean you just had a great fight and you won uh, it looks like it's all back healed up you feeling 100 percent yeah, I mean, my 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 ACL is cool. I think I uh, like strained the hamstring tendon, so I'm just kind of resting that right now. They said it's nothing serious, just a little bit of inflammation. It's just painful all the time. So I got a couple more weeks off it and then kind of getting back into full training. Well, you're training mostly, you started doing kickboxing, and now you see people that uh, have left the UFC, Lieben, um, oh, I'm forgetting, what's the, I forget her name. We were just talking about her, Vinny. The uh, in bare knuckle fights, oh, Paige Van Zandt. Page. Yeah, Paige is in. Would would that ever be a route in a hypothetical world that you would ever go down if you left the UFC? Does that appeal to you at all? Absolutely not. Never ever in my life will I fight bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, <laughs> never. It just like I don't have anything against anyone who's doing it. I have a ton of friends who are fighting in bare knuckle, but it's it's really not something that interests me. Honestly, I talked to my I talked to my head coach Kieran a lot about um, when I retire from MMA. Before I retire from combat sports, I want to try to get a Muay Thai world title. That's something that's really appealing to me. But uh, straight boxing, bare knuckle boxing, I have zero desire to do that. Have you ever fought in like the Lupini Stadium? No, I've never even been to Thailand. You know what? I've paid for I've paid for Thailand vacations twice and haven't been able to go either time. So I'm still what I'm still trying to get out there. Uh, so it was back at the start of my career when I was super poor and I would pay. I pay both times were exactly the same. I paid for my trip, flights, accommodation, everything. And then if I hadn't gone, I would have been behind in my rent and I wouldn't I wouldn't have had a house to come home to. You know, oh, so geez. yeah. That's what people don't understand. Like there's a real big grind just until, um, you know, a few years ago, 
I don't want to make this about me, but just as a reference point, like I was supposed to fight at UFC 60 and that was like my first big, like, yay, I'm going to finally be in the UFC and I'm supposed to fight Spencer. Yeah. Spencer I'm going to f- make money. Yeah. Oh, not <laughs> you think you, you think people nowadays are getting the short, short yeah. end of the stick sister. Mine was, yeah. so this is when Spencer Fisher was like on top of the world. This was the Matt Gracie yeah. or the Matt Hughes hoist Gracie card. And then uh, I think uh, Wyman, Matt Wyman ended up taking his place and then Leonard Garcia was in there too, or my place. And um, yeah, like the contract was two and two, four and four, six and six like how holy shit yeah that was like the worst thing back then and this is i mean this is back when like jesus christ was still alive i mean this was back in the yeah but um but like yeah like that's coming before my time yeah thank you um Yeah, thanks. So, but you know, people don't realize they, they, they see professional athletes and uh, MMA fighters, as you know, are extremely accessible, especially with the social media now. And, um, a lot of people think that because they see MMA fighters and it's the cool sport, right? So like big actors, big musicians, big, big, um, basketball, football stars, they're kind of always like intermingling in some of the same areas and stuff. So people assume like, well, you're fighting in the UFC. You're probably a multimillionaire for sure. They don't realize (laughs) the grind, the grind happens until your third UFC contract really like then it's yeah. then it starts to change the trajectory of where you're at no, then then you break even then you're then you start <laughs> then coming out of the red for the last 20 years yeah exactly yeah, from all that's, the, like, kinda, that's where i'm at now this this last fight like if i had lost that fight i would have been fucked i wouldn't have made any money at all but because i won i got all my bills paid and i and i still was able to like have a little bit of a you know of a, of a hiding hole a little bit put away you know but yeah, even sure. then i still after I paid out everything that I needed to pay out, that was half of my paycheck gone. So I would have, I wouldn't even have broke even if I had lost that fight. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. Like for people that are watching this, that like not only do you have to pay. I mean, most people have managers. They have sometimes they have managers and an agent. They've got their kickboxing coach, their gym. I mean, there's there's several people, not including Uncle Sam, that have their hand well dipped yeah. in the pocket of uh, of the MMA community. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's what like. I get all the time because um, oh, what did I buy? I bought something. Oh, I don't. I think I got my lips done at the start of the year. That's what it was. I got my lips done at the start of the year, and I got so many hate messages going. You said that you were broke, but you're going and getting your lips done, and I'm like, well, fuck me for wanting to do something for myself, right? Like, how dare I? When I beat myself up, when I just had to have surgery and I can't literally can't do my job for fucking over a year, and then I got to grab my ass off to try to just be able to do my job, like, how dare I yeah. do something to make myself feel better? You, you gotta, know, you got to be able to enjoy awful. your success too. You know, like it's it's, yeah, it's, it's like, prudent. You know, what what's the purpose of fighting for a living if all you're doing is just getting from point A to point B? You got to be able to have a little yeah. something that keeps you going that pays dividends. Um, exactly. And you know what I find funny is I obviously keep up with your Instagram posts and like, I'm going to just tell every guy out there right now, if you're going to send Jessica a message, it's going to get reposted. Refrain from sending anything stupid or blatantly dumb because she has some of the best retorts <laughs> ever. You put guys on blast constantly. Are you just inundated with guys just constantly just hitting on you because you're an attractive woman in a very male-dominated MMA space? Yeah, there's some really weird. There's some weird people in my messages, you know. And I love. I, I get because every time I repost something, I get it. I get a ton more messages, and they either go, they go like one of two ways. They'll either be, why are you giving the haters so much attention? That's all they want. And I'm like, I'm I'm giving them attention because this is fucking hilarious. Like, I don't post the really nasty stuff, you know? I don't post people telling me I should kill myself. I don't post that. 
I post the stuff that I read and I go, what the fuck? Like if my reaction is, what the fuck? That's fucking funny. It's getting reposted, right? Or I get, I get, every time I post something like that, I'll get a bunch of messages of like dudes trying to, trying to write the same sort of message, like trying to get a repost, you know, but, but right. I see, I'm They're not like, an idiot. Like, like I know you're, you're fanning the flame. Like some guys are like, you know what? If I just send a more raunchy message, I'll get like yeah. my Instagram promoted too. I'll get reposted <laughs> yeah, as that's well. Yeah. So some guys no. are just purposely sitting like, oh, what's the dirtiest shit I can possibly say to her that'll, that'll put me yeah. on blast. Cause I don't care. Um, that's funny. Yeah. It's so, so funny though. Like I love going through my other messages. Some of that shit is hilarious. Hilarious. Do you get a ton of messages every week? Yeah. Too many. Too many. Just got to get <laughs> someone to like do your social media for you. So you don't, you can focus on just fighting, but you're so active. No, cause then, yeah, but then it's not authentic. Like I thought about doing that. My best friend back in Australia, um, I was actually going to hire her for a while to do that. Cause she does it for a lot of other companies. And then I went, you know what? No one's going to be able to write things how I write, you know, no one's going to, no one has the same sense of humor that I have. Like I, I like interacting with people. Honestly, that's one of my favorite things about being in the industry that I'm in is that I get to have access to so many different people, whether it's negative or positive. Um, I would be, I feel like I wouldn't be doing my job properly if I let someone else handle that side of it for me. Like I'm in entertainment. I'm, I'm here to entertain, not just with fighting, like with every aspect. That's that's so smart that you said that because I've always made the parallel too because I I um I grew up with like this mix of cage and stage like I was always acting and fighting and acting and fighting and like, yeah and I actually had a, a a pivotal moment and Rogan was one of the guys that convinced me I when I had the UFC contract we had shot the what the pilot for that show Human Weapon and in the meantime we didn't hear shit so I had a UFC contract then I heard that the show got picked up and I was really conflicted and I talked to Rogan and I was like dude what do I do you know like I back out of this fight because a big part of me getting an opportunity was being a friend of Joe's and Eddie's and stuff like that and for sure yeah. Um, and, um, it definitely wasn't my amazing fighting accolades. So it was just, uh, so I was like, you know what, what do I do? And he's like, dude, if you don't have to fight, don't fight. And I'm like, that's a good point. Um, yeah. I think the other way to put that is just like, if you're not super passionate about it, you shouldn't get into this because like the money is not the reason you should be getting into this. But the thing yeah. I always talk to people about is that you have to realize at the end of the day, because a lot of fighters don't have that perspective that you have that it's you're in the entertainment field. They think I can put on a boring fight. Who cares? I don't need to do the fucking media interviews. But at the end of the day, like someone has to figure out why they're going to give the UFC that 69 bucks, or they're going to spend that three hours of time watching this versus watching that. And that really does come down yeah. to entertainment. Absolutely. And you know, I used to have uh, this argument with an ex of mine all the time. Um, <clears throat> Cause he were, he was undefeated for a while uh, but when he was undefeated, he would always say, I, I would say like, Hey, you need to go post on the Instagram. Like you need to do this. You need to do this. Cause I feel like that's what I excel at, um, is, is how I interact and how I promote. And he would always be like, no, nah, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep winning fights and then the money will come. And I'm like, well, bro, the money's not going to come. Like if you're just, if you're just winning fights, like it's not, people aren't going to pay you because you're undefeated. People are going to pay you because of the persona that you present to the world. You know, like, and, and I try to, I try to educate a lot of my teammates and a lot of my friends who are in the industry on the same thing, you know, like, like it is, it is an equal part of your job. It is as much of your job as training is like training is my full-time job. My social media and how I present myself and how I promote myself is as much of my job as that is, you know, cause they need to go hand in hand. I can train my ass off 
and not promote anything and no one's going to know that I'm fighting and if no one knows that I'm fighting then they don't want to watch me fight and if they don't want to watch me fight then I don't get paid like that's right. that's a reality right now I have 385,000 people on my Instagram who when I fight 90% of them are going to go fuck yeah we're going to go watch that you know but if I only had if I wasn't putting the effort that I'm into that I put into it no one's going to want to watch me and I'm here to make money and I'm here to entertain and I want to be in the spotlight and I want the UFC to see what I can do. And I want them to, I want them to get the value out of it. So, cause the more, the more they get out of it, the more I get out of it. Yeah. I know the UFC has done a couple of summits with fighters too, to try to build, help them understand the importance of social media and build their brand. But it really does. It, it comes down to it. I mean, there's, there's a, effectively two ways you can build your brand. The long, slow, arduous way is to have the GSP fights where you're just, you know, you're a nice guy. You're not really making a lot of noise. You're winning fights, maybe not in the most spectacular fashion. And then over the course of X number of fights, X number of wins, you're the guy that everyone's like, oh yeah, okay. He's, he's well known. Or there's guys like Kale Sonnen who arguably weren't yeah. top five guys but boy you put him on a mic and you whether you loved him or hated him you wanted to watch him fight and he built yeah. himself a brand and that's what i think people don't realize is like you have this limited time in the spotlight that you really have to hit the throttle as hard as you can fuck what people think be your authentic self get out there engage be a good person and just fucking like live your best life and people that you know the, you, yeah. like you said it is a lot of work to stay up on social media i just when i started the podcast like three months ago and i've been talking about the podcast for years um realized oh god i gotta do more social media and i gotta do more work <laughs> this is fucking annoying but it's a it's a necessary yeah. evil yeah absolutely and and like uh you said something there you said you know you got to be your authentic self this is the other conversation i have with a lot of fighters about like people find you usually people will find you because of fighting right but that's what they know that they know that you do that so that's not what they want to see they don't want to, they don't want to care that you're doing, they don't want to see you be a tough guy on social media all the time. Like everyone knows you're tough. You're tough. You get in a cage and you fight. Like people punch you in the face for a living. Like we know you're tough where I think, um, a lot of people fail. And this is how I see it. This is how I try to relate with people is I never want to be unattainable. You know, like I want people to see what I'm doing and, and wherever they are in their life, I want them to see, to see something that I'm doing and go like, man, if she can do it, I can do it. Cause I feel like that's, that's the dream, right? That's, that's the dream is to, if you're in a homeless, to be able to pull yourself out of it and make something of yourself. And that's what like, you know, I've been homeless a lot. I've been broke. I moved to America with $200 and I didn't know a single person, you know, like I've, I've pulled myself out of that whole time and time again. And I feel like that's how people relate to me is because I always try to be authentic. I, I'm very vocal when I fuck up. Like I'm very vocal when I do something wrong, you know, like I broke my sobriety last year and I, I was very open about that because people go through the same thing. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of fighters in particular fuck up because they, they try to, they present themselves um, like they're untouchable, you know? But if you're untouchable and people can't relate to you and people can't see something that you're doing, go like, hey, I do that as well. Or like, hey, I've been through that as well. They're not, they're not going to be as interested in your journey. They're not going to be as involved or as emotionally connected to you as what they could be. So that is the presenting your authentic self is something I really feel like I've always done well. And I never want to lie to anybody. Like I want to be as open and honest as I can, even if, even if people want to hate on me for it sometimes. I'll, I'll never lie to anybody, whether I know you or not. So do you guys, do you have another fight lined up? No, I'm trying to fight in March. I'm just waiting for them to 
say yes or no. I keep telling I keep telling my manager, I'm like, every day I'm like, annoy Mick, message Mick, send Mick an email, annoy Mick, come on. Well, who's your, I don't who's your manager? We'll give him a plug. Hit Daniel Rubenstein. Yeah, Danny, don't annoy Mick. Danny Rubenstein. Yeah, Mick Maynard, man, back in the day. And Mick's really, that's funny too. I remember Mick doing his his events and stuff. Man, the UFC has changed so much. I remember, you know, Joe Silva was around from like UFC 2 back in the day. Did You, you weren't there yeah. for the Joe Silva days, right? You came in after. No, he's, he's before me. I'm, I've been, I came around in the Mick Maynard days. Mick gave me my shot. Yeah. The, you know what I think the UFC has been better about? And that was the, what, not to speak on behalf of Joe Silva, but we've had a tremendous amount of conversations offline. And um, one of his said the worst part of his job, bar none, was when he had to go to that fighter and say, hey, we got to let you go. Because yeah. like you said, like there's no, especially when there's not this other streams of income, right? Like you're making that forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 every, you know, maybe back then too, when he was there, it was 20, 30 grand, you know, the guys were making yeah. a fight. And like to get that cut off, they're like, man, you know, like that's, that's fucking shitty. But I like that now yeah. it seems like they're, 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 they do a better job of trying to keep people around. They don't do that. That used to be that hard rule. If you lost two, you were fucking gone. You knew on Monday you were getting the call, you were gone. Now they kind of, uh, they take other factors into consideration, but, um, but like, I think the, the real answer is to do what you're doing. You know, like if you're someone who's an up and coming MMA fighter, you have to build your brand. What advice would you give a male or female MMA fighters that want to become the next, next Jessica Rose Clark? <laughs> um, one, just do it. Go to training. Don't complain about shit. Cause complaining only makes you see, you have to do it either way. And then when you complain about it, it just makes it even more negative. You know, we all hate training, um, not all training, but we all have aspects of, of training for fights that we hate. So one, go to training Two, don't complain about it. And then three, do your fucking social media, <laughs> do social media, promote yourself. You know, think about, I like to think about the people that like I enjoy watching, right? So there's there's people in different industries that I enjoy watching, and then so like I'll pick I'll pick someone. Okay, uh, Maddie Rogers. She's a she's a uh, Olympic weightlifter. They're like, okay. What do I want to see from Maddie Rogers? If I'm going to her Instagram, why am I going to her Instagram? And I want to see technique. You know, I want to see weightlifting technique. I want to see her lifting as heavy as she can. So that's that's kind of what I like to put up. Like I go, okay, what are the things I like to see? Okay, that's what I'm going to promote about myself. You know, like no, I'm not an Olympic weightlifter, but if I PR on a on a on a clean and jerk, I'm going to put up that I PR on a clean and jerk. You know. Um, so it's just, it's just that, it's just that pay attention to your social media. And then if you can't figure out what to promote, cause I hear that all the time, like, Oh, I don't know what to put up. I don't know what to put up, put up what you would want to see of other people. The same thing. It's not that fucking hard. It literally takes five minutes to post something. If that, like, why is it so difficult for people? Speaking of seeing other people's things, uh, you posted a pickup the other day that I thought was very, uh, that I want to touch on because I think it is a fact in the sport, right? Like there's definitely uh, a double standard when it comes to male, female, you posted a dick pic of some guys up. <laughs> and my first thought was great dick. My second thought was that's really awkward. Um, no, but like it was a picture, right? I think my you had third a, thought was, why did I zoom in so much? Yeah. Why well, And my, fourth thought is why do I still have it on my screensaver? No. Um, so, so, uh, the picture obviously was like, I don't know if it was a UFC fighter or it was just a guy, but you could clearly see, you could clearly see the, the meat and potatoes and you made the comment like, why is this okay? But like, if I show a butt pick or a side thigh shot, like you're getting flagged yeah. and banned, why do you think that is? Cause that's clearly a difference between a butt pick and here's like, here's like the one eyed snake. The outline of everything. Yeah. Here's, here's um, everything. 
I don't know. Honestly, I did have this argument on Twitter because I do love to argue on Twitter. I did have this argument on Twitter a couple of months back. Um, I can't remember what I put up, but someone, oh, it was something where you could see my nipples. Like you could see my nipples through my sports bra, right? Which I have no control over that. I do have control about whether I post on social media though. Um, but I put up a pic and people were like talking shit on the fact that you can see my nipples. And I'm like, why is it not okay for me to do this, but it's okay for Paolo Costa to be on Instagram in his underwear, you know, like, why is he why is he an athletic specimen when you can see his six pack but if I'm training in short shorts and a sports bra I'm showing too much like why I don't know why it is I feel like well actually I know what part of it is part of it is that women are still viewed as sexual possessions by a lot of men I'm not saying all men everyone before you start sending me messages going we're not all like that I know you're not all like that okay but women are still viewed as sexual possessions to the point where, like, I think it's so fucked that guys want to see us in a sexual fashion, but then if we do promote like that, then we're slutty. But, like, my body is my body. I can't change that. Whether I hide it or not, it's still exactly the same, you know? So I don't, I don't know why I caught more shit, but that particular UFC fighter can put his entire dick and balls on the, on, on the internet. And people are like, man, like you look really great. Yeah. That looks like a good holiday. Like, Oh, well, you look like you're in shape. And I'm like, no, I can see the hair on your testicles. Like I don't, <laughs> how, I don't how tired of those spandex shorts when you can see the hair on the <laughs> testicles. Jesus. Good old Paula. Yeah. And also I feel like it was strategically put into position. Right? So then what's why, the difference? Why do you think it was strategically put into position? I want, I want the female perspective. Because it was on leg? his leg. Baby. And his pants were very tight, oh. right? I feel like it can hang down. Like, why okay. was it Why was it on his leg? He was just like, hey, what do you think? Yeah. Like, it, he was like presenting it, it. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor does it all the time. His does dick he? is in majority I, of photos you that know, he puts up. Now people are going to go back and start looking at Conor McGregor's. Conor McGregor's dick is going to start trending now to see if there's a bunch of pictures of, of Conor You're welcome, Conor. Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, it depends on you know how, what those pics look like, I guess. He might be upset that you're you're pointing that out. Um, uh, I don't think he'd, I don't think he'd, uh, he'd put think he'd it in care. photos as much as he did if he cared about it. Right. He <laughs> starts holding the, 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 the whiskey bottle down by his, uh, his junk. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, what's, you know what's great with Irish whiskey? Cock. So, um, Cock. <laughs> so uh do you think that that permeates other aspects of or i'm sure it does actually let me just digress sexism right like i mean it's just, it's let's just talk about it. it it clearly happens like that's a perfect example do you feel like you've seen or you've experienced a lot of that in the mma world too or do you feel like it's pretty because you walk into a gym it's, it's a lot of guys you go to the ufc the fans a lot of guys a lot of guys you're very much in a male dominated world do you feel how do you feel that you're being treated in that space um, honestly, I get treated really well. I do get treated really well. I do get the occasional sex. Uh, I get a lot of sections. I don't get many sexist comments, you know? Um, but it, it, again, I don't promote myself in an overly sexual manner. Like I legitimately train in short shorts and a sports bra because that's what I fight in. That's what I'm comfortable training in, you know, every now and then I, every now and then I see the comment, like, like fucking women shouldn't be fighting, but it's cool because she's got big tits, you know, stuff like that. But as a, as the world is progressing, I feel like it's becoming less and less. I definitely used to experience it a lot more than what I do now. Um, 
yeah honestly I get treated well like I can't I can't complain about how I'm treated as a female I feel like the UFC does a great job with me I feel like I get treated maybe better than some other people so maybe they're sexist in that respect whereas I get treated better than than some of the guys do um Jeez, there. make up your make up your <laughs> mind, Jesus Christ! That's that's God agreeing with your last statement. You want to turn the lights on? Yeah. Do um, <laughs> do, you grew up with eight siblings, right, brothers and sisters? So you've been you were fighting from a young age. Well, I didn't grow up with all of them because I'm the eldest. They just slowly, they just kept like they just kept coming. You you left, and they're just like yeah, just, <laughs> just keep popping them out. Yeah. Your poor mother, man! Holy cow! Um, no, she had six of she had six of them. Two, okay. the other two are on my dad's side, but yeah, she had six on her own, and she's not a big woman. Like she's she's very skinny, narrow. I don't so, know how she did it. So for your, <laughs> this is painfully it would appear. <laughs> um, so for your last fight, I know you were working with Daniel Cormier a lot, and um, you know I'd probably say that from a outside perspective now, women's MMA to men's MMA, the biggest um, caveat that's missing, or the, I shouldn't say the biggest caveat, one of the biggest areas that's underutilized and that's just because NCAA didn't ha doesn't have a women's college wrestling program where a lot of people come up that way is the wrestling component for the females. You see a lot of women, yeah. Gina Carano, Holly Holm come in with great hands or they have jujitsu base. Um, is, is your wrestling your main focus now or are you still kind of across the board even? Uh, well, I'm still based at a kickboxing gym, but I did, especially for that fight, because um, I feel like the wrestling is what blew my knee out in my last fight in particular so that kind of was what I put my biggest focus into because I needed to I needed to do that to mentally be okay with my knee you know after post-surgery um, but also I have seen exactly what you've said I've seen that it really is the biggest the biggest um, area that's lacking within women's MMA because they are they're either amazing grapplers amazing with jiu-jitsu or amazing strikers and there's there's not a lot of them who really have everything across the board. And because my background is, is kickboxing and I, I am a jiu-jitsu purple belt, um, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a long time as well, but I've never really wrestled. I've never really wrestled up until this last year. Um, and then going to DCs was game-changing because previously to that, I'd be doing wrestling for MMA. But then when I went to DCs, like I'm training with high school girls, not even like I'm training with fucking 14 year old girls who beat the shit out of me and they are so good like the level of the girls in particular at his gym is amazing and it like it almost caused my mind to my brain to glitch like because they're little I'm twice their size and I'm a full-grown woman right and I'm wrestling with these girls and I I literally I was there last week I was there last week and I wrestled with this little girl who I want to say is maybe 105, dripping wet. And I couldn't move. She pinned me so easily that I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do right now. <laughs> like, I've never felt like less of, an less of a competent athlete than when I wrestle with his girls. But that really highlighted to me that it, even though I've been working on it so hard, it's still a weakness for me. And if, if, if I'm working on it as much as I am and I still struggle with it, I can't even imagine how much the girls who aren't, aren't wrestling with the people that I get to train with are struggling. So I definitely think it is lacking in women's, in women's MMA because of, because of that. And we, I've never had access to what I have access to before, you know? So I, no one else does. If I haven't had access to it, no one else has access to DC either. 
So if you weren't doing MMA, what would we be finding you uh, as your career path at this point? If I wasn't doing MMA? That's a good question. I don't know. You know, when I was a kid, I said I wanted to be an ice cream seller. That was for years. You wanted for to years, I wanted to, I wanted to sell ice cream. Oh. But I wanted to sell ice cream out of like one of those little push carts that you, that you push through a park. You know, because I just always, I just... <laughs> I'm not trying to laugh at your childhood aspirations. I just think that that's, that's hilarious. Just laugh it's, at my it, dream. Just laugh at you. That's your, <laughs> you, yeah. I mean, sure. I don't know where to go with that one, but yeah. <laughs> laughing at my dream. No, because I, I just, uh, I like making people happy. That's honestly one of my favorite things about being in the spotlight and being in entertainment is I like making people feel good and I like making people happy. And for me, um, see, like, there's just something, right? Like if you're if you're in the park and it's a hot day and you see someone walk up with an ice cream truck and you really want ice cream and they present it to you, you're yeah. gonna be fucking happy. You're like, you're right? my new friend. Congratulations. Like, yeah. No, exactly. No, it's you you only people that don't like ice cream are fucking communist. Because ice cream is amazing. <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream? I didn't cream? say that. I feel like that's gonna get me in trouble. Communists don't like ice cream. If you don't like ice cream, you're I'm saying it. If you don't like ice cream, you're a fucking commie. Period. <laughs> Anyway, my favorite ice cream is like, Let's get I, love, past that. I love yeah. Uh I don't know. I'm a vanilla I'm a, I honestly am a vanilla girl because I like I like the ability to add stuff to yeah. it, you know? Chocolate's over I like vanilla. Times. Yeah, I just like I just like the vanilla ice cream. Although I did have this bomb, this bomb chocolate and peanut butter ice cream the other day. I was only gonna eat a little bit and I ended up eating the entire tub and then buying another tub and eating that as well. Uh, it was so good. So now I'm never buying it again because clearly I can't control myself. <laughs> I do love ice cream though. <laughs> and so I know you had the, you've had the Bronco. You've posted a ton of pictures up of over the years. You said you have a two cars now. I didn't know about the second car. Is that a new addition? No, the second car is just because it cost me 150 bucks to fill up the Bronco. Um, and I drive, some days I drive five hours a day. Like I, fuck, on a Monday, what's that? 50, 100. On Mondays I drive like 350 miles between training sessions. I think it works out to be just around a thousand miles a week I drive. So I went and bought wow. a Honda Accord because I was literally going broke trying to do that in the Bronco. What about the Harley? You said you always wanted a Harley and you didn't just think about maybe. maybe well, wait, this is are a you? Time? Yeah. No, I want one, you know, but I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the right time. I'm waiting for the right time. I'm a big believer in everything happens when it's supposed to happen, you know? So my Harley will come. It is. I love I like, I love Harleys. There's nothing I want more than a Harley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dana, It'll come. Which is tell Dana, like, hey, Christmas, I think Harleys will look really nice with wrappers and under the trees. Get all the UFC fighters Harleys. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> so you don't have another fight coming up on the books, but in the meantime, you're just training all the time and you're on social media. And what do you do in your free time when you don't have, uh, you know, 360 miles to drive on a Monday? Uh, Honestly, like I still, I train pretty much the same whether I'm in camp or not. So this is actually I'm, like uh, having to rest my knee has been a blessing since my fight because I, it's forcing me to not go to training. Um, I am starting to get into, I just got a compound bow. So I've been working with my compound bow and I'm going to start hunting um, because I really, I really have this, I have this dream of living on land somewhere and being completely self-sufficient. So I am learning how to hunt. I don't really feel good about killing anything. I'm like, I'm really struggling with that from a uh, moral standpoint. However, I know that me providing for myself 
um, is better than buying like farmed meat, you know? So I would rather, I would rather learn how to catch and kill my own food and be able to provide for me and my family, my family being my dogs, than they go and go and buy farmed meat, you know? So that kind of is what I'm getting into right now is, is archery. Um, and outside of that, it's really just hanging out with my dogs. That's it. Like I don't do anything else. Yeah, are you Joe's big in archery? You should uh, you should hit up Joe and go out to uh, out to Texas. He's a he's a stud. Yeah, man. like he is super accurate with his archery too. I was watching some videos of him the other day. And, like he's hitting from like eighty yards out, like the size of like a three inch circle. It's insane. That's rad. Yeah, I've never so met rad. Joe, so I, I probably won't hit him up to go. You've never, I've never met Joe. You never met Joe. Like, never, is he not? He he didn't do the. You know, he's done so many less. Uh, he's, he's never commentated less. my fight. Really. Yeah. I've never, I've never been at an event with Joe. So. Uh, he's so freaking busy being the podcast and everything else. Now I know he was, yeah. he's like scaled back the events he does, but well, you met my buddy, John Anik, who's, who's amazing. Yeah. He's an yes. amazing John. Dude. I feel like John's commentated about quite a, probably all of my fights actually. I think John's been that. Yeah. I think he, I think he started commentating for the, he was just on yesterday and uh, John and I know each other. We commentated together at Bellator's first season. Oh, okay. I like John Anik a lot. Yeah, he's a he's, good man. He's a really good, he's a good cat. He's great at great what he does. I think he started uh, in 2011 was his first UFC. So yeah, I know he's commentated a bunch of your fights, but also good people. So you don't have a fight lined up yeah. on the books yet, huh? Nah, I'm just going to keep annoying Mick until he gives me something. Are there but, any fights coming up in Australia? I know that they're – so I saw that they're trying to do Robert Whitaker and Izzy 2 mm-hmm. in Australia. However, Australia is still super restricted because of COVID. So I don't know how, re- how realistic that is. Like they're still having lockdowns in Australia. So I don't know if, I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. Did COVID affect your last fight at all in terms of what you saw in the um, the, the locker room or any of the pre-fight stuff, or was it a pretty smooth process? No, nah, it was nice. Like I wish we had the the like the protocols that they've implement, implemented. Aside from getting swabbed in my nose and trying not throw up when they swab my throat, everything else, I love it. I wish it was like that all the time. You know, like it was just way calmer and everything runs so smooth and like i don't really have to i don't really like interacting with people in fight week like i am for as social as i am could usually in fight week i do like to keep to myself a lot so with the covid protocols they do keep everyone pretty separate and it's it's perfect for me i love it that's fantastic well i appreciate you so much taking some time to sit down and uh, shoot the shit with me a little bit and wish you all the success in the world and um finally nice to get some fucking estrogen on this bitch (laughs) you're welcome anytime (laughs) 